Off the Ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108. Now, welcome back. So, still Spurs 1, Chelsea 0. We have John Gonzalez of TheRinger.com on the line. Evening, John. Hey, how are you? Great. So, wildcard weekend threw up its fair share of drama. We had Houston losing to the Colts, 21 points to 7. We had the Cowboys beating Seattle, 24-22. We had LA Chargers beating Baltimore, 23-17. And then, I think the game or the moment which uh, has left the longest mark in the memory. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, 16. Chicago Bears, 15. Uh, Final kick of the game, the double doink, I hear they're calling it. Yeah, uh, tough one for Cody Parkey, although everybody in Philadelphia sends their regards and they're appreciative of it. <laughs> so, uh, Pearl Co- Cody had a kick from 43 yards out with 10 seconds left to win the game, and he managed to hit the upright and the crossbar. It hit the upright and fell down on the crossbar. Could have went either way and yeah. bounced out. And I thought to myself as I watched, geez, that's unlucky. And then American television quickly showed me a montage of all of Cody's misses this season. And I thought, well, <laughs> maybe he's just not very good at kicking. I feel bad for Cody Parkey. He's a former Philadelphia Eagle. He's a former a lot of a lot of things, but uh, to lose to his former team that way in that situation is a tough one. It did get tipped, in fairness to him, but uh, I think that he was probably in his head a little bit with that kick because they called a timeout right beforehand, and that's sort of a 50-50 proposition on whether it's going to affect the kicker. Uh, but clearly, with everything that's happened with him this year, uh, it, it did bother him a little bit. Mm. So explain that. Icing the kicker is what we're talking about here. Yeah, I mean, there, there's different statistics on whether or not it works. Uh, some coaches don't even bother because, again, it's it's basically a 50-50 proposition if you decide to call that timeout. I'm of the mind that, if, hey, if at the end of the game, if you still have a timeout, you might as well take a shot. Uh, they called the timeout right as he was kicking it the first time, and mm. it went through. Mm. And then uh, clearly Cody had some more time to think about all the other kicks he's bounced off various uh, crossbars and uprights this year and gotten his head a little bit. Yeah, so uh, it's a, as you said, it's not even a practice that everybody goes in for, but right as the ball is thrown yeah. back and the kicker is lining up to kick it, they'll call a timeout. So that effectively the kicker has to go again? Yeah, yeah, okay. they have to uh, start it all over again. And it gives him some time, the kicker, to think about it. I mean, it's a big pressure situation. You're in the playoffs, you're at home, you're against your former team. Can you do it again? Yeah. Uh, some guys have that sort of mental fortitude where it doesn't bother them at all. And other guys, I think it's natural enough where you'd sit there and you'd think, okay, yeah. i got to do this again on national television. Is, do I, and, um, I don't know how much it's debated either way. Are any kickers of the opinion that it actually helps them to get a second go at it? Uh, some, yeah, some guys like Adam Vittari have said, you know, hey, if you want me to do it again, you know, I'll just think more about the conditions and I'll line it up mm. better. And, you know, I've got more time now. I'm not rushing out onto the field. It kind of calms me down. Other guys, though, I think, uh, again, like, uh, you know, you have a little bit more time to think about the, magna- the magnitude and the ramifications of make versus miss. Mm. Uh, the fragility of the kicker's position is worth maybe just touching on. Generally, they are the lowest paid players in the roster. They might get a, a measly $1 million a year. Um, yeah. They get fired quite a bit. I saw, you know, um, the Minnesota coach, Mike Zimmer, uh, sacked his rookie kicker and he was asked, um, you know, was it, an easy, was it an easy decision? He said, yeah, it's pretty easy. Um, and <laughs> I saw Reggie Bush as well this week. He yeah. was on... Um, around the NFL Twitter show, he said, I don't feel bad for the kickers, I don't, because you have one job, literally. So it seems like nobody really thinks all that much of the kickers, and if they miss more than one or two, basically they're in big trouble. 
Yeah, it's a tough, I mean, tough, and I'm going to do that, you know, everything's relative, and I'll put it in uh, air quotes, but it's a tough spot for kickers because, yes, if you do miss, it is, Reggie's right, it's your one job, you had one job to do, uh, and if you don't, there's plenty of guys out there that are, uh, that they're happy to recycle. Cody Parkey is a really good example of it. He's bounced around from team to team for years now because kickers are constantly getting turned over. If you miss a couple, you could be out tomorrow. The Chargers are a good example of that. They've had kicker troubles for a long time, and then all of a sudden they they found this rookie who uh, has been pretty good for them, and he was great against the Ravens the, uh, in Wild Card Weekend. So you see, you tend to see a lot of turnover with kickers, and right. in the locker rooms especially, like what you heard from Reggie Bush is like, Pretty prevalent. Mm. Players who aren't kickers tend not to respect kickers. Okay, so you you, you may turn up as a kicker uh, at Reggie Bush's team, and he may not even bother to learn your name, and then at the end of the season when you leave, he will not say goodbye to you, and that could be the way it is. That is pretty common, yeah. Okay. I think that there's like there's a lot... You've seen... It's kind of um, clicky in locker rooms where yeah. you have like the regular position players hang out with each other, and then you've got the specialists, the punter, the kicker... Uh, sometimes, you know, if you've got a random holder or a long snapper, they'll kind of hang out together. It's almost like a, uh, an individual yeah. team within a team. Are there any um, examples of very high-profile kickers? You know, I'm thinking like if there's um, a billboard or outside the stadium where they have a giant poster of three or four players. Are there any kickers who feature on those billboards or those three or four players? Uh, you know, I, I can't think of many. I mean, I, I mentioned Vinatieri before. He's a Hall of Famer. I think, like, as kickers go, he's probably the most respected kicker, certainly right now uh, in the NFL, uh, maybe of all time. Uh, Janikowski has been in the league for a long time, too, so I think that he carries a certain amount of respect just because of longevity. But in general, they, they, they tend to be pretty disposable. <laughs> okay. Um, so this was, I mean, look, everybody was talking about this game. Uh, you might explain to us the Nick Foles-Carson Wentz uh, situation for the yeah. Eagles. Um, Nick Foles, jog people's memory, but uh, he's having, it's would seem thus far, similar enough season to what was an extraordinary season uh, last year. He's the quarterback, well, the backup quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, uh, in Philadelphia, Philadelphia, to give you a little context, forever has had some pretty fairly good quarterbacks. I mean, they, they had Randall Cunningham and Ron Jaworski before that. And after that, Donovan McNabb took them to a bunch of conference championships. But for whatever reason, Philadelphia has always been enamored with the backup. And as these backups have gone, Nick Foles has obviously been the best backup in Eagles history, won a Super Bowl for them. And there's this sort of groundswell in Philadelphia where... People are starting to talk openly about, hey, maybe they should just go ahead and trade Carson Wentz and get something back in return and keep Nick Foles, which I think is kind of crazy because Carson Wentz is extremely talented. He's much younger. And while Nick Foles has been really good for the Eagles and while he did get them a Super Bowl and he's been excellent and there's all this momentum, he almost retired. <laughs> hmm. I mean, there's there's a scenario where he, he almost didn't play last year. So uh, it's kind of crazy to see what's happening with him. I saw one of the players saying they have a Nick Foles shrine in the locker room. Yeah. <laughs> Candles and pictures, and there's like a vigil for Nick Foles. Yeah, Chris Long put that together kind of as a joke, <laughs> little tongue-in-cheek, but maybe not that much. And I was yeah. wondering, like, imagine if you're Carson Wentz and you see that, right? Yeah. Like, they really like him. They really like Nick Foles a lot. And is Carson Wentz um, just objectively any neutral could see them? By the way, Carson Wentz is by far the better player. Again, this is sort of a debate, right? Okay. Because I think personally, if you're just going by skill set uh, and you know how old he is and what he forecasts to be, yes, mm. I would say yeah. in a vacuum, Carson Wentz would be better. But 
the results have been there for Nick Foles. And, and a couple of years ago, when Nick Foles was the starter for the Eagles before they ended up trading him and he went to, uh, you know, he ended up with the Rams and a bunch of other teams, he had statistically one of the best seasons in NFL history. So there's a case to be made that, you know, results-wise, Nick Foles might be the better guy. He right. certainly has produced for them. And is Wentz out for the rest of the season? Uh, it looks like it, yeah. I can't imagine that they would rush him back. And it's going to be a tall order for them to get past the Saints this weekend anyway. So I'd be shocked if we see once this season. Okay. Uh, anything else before we look ahead to next weekend? Anything else from Wild Card Weekend that grabbed you? The Eagles getting past the Bears was crazy. I can't believe they're still alive. They're charmed. They're still charmed. Okay. So we're down to the last eight. Um, yeah. What is the standout game? to look out for this weekend if there's a casual NFL fan going to watch one? Well, I think uh, not to continue to harp on the Philadelphia Eagles, but I, I think you've got the best team uh, in the NFC at home, the Saints, who have just been absolutely killer at home with Drew Brees. They're a totally different team when they're playing in a dome on the turf. And the last time they played the Eagles in that stadium this season, right around Thanksgiving, they smacked them. It was 48-7. to The Eagles were never in that game. But Carson Wentz played in that game. Not Nick Foles, and now you've got the defending Super Bowl champions at the Saints, the number one seed in the NFC. That's awfully interesting. I think the Rams against the Cowboys is going to be a good game as well. Mm. Uh, so the NFC looks like it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, I'm talking about the Saints, Drew Brees uh, turns 40 uh, next Tuesday, yeah. I think, and is showing no signs of, of slowing up, if, if anything, getting better. Yeah, as a fellow 40-year-old, I love it. <laughs> I, I like to see, it gives me hope that maybe uh, life isn't I, I, over yet. I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure you can bask in his reflected glory. I think it's more about Drew Brees than 40-year-olds. It's all vicarious, and I'm claiming, <laughs> I'm claiming victory as well for 40-year-olds everywhere. Okay, uh, so Saints are looking in good shape. What about the Patriots? How are they shaping up? They're going to host the Chargers. Well, there's another 40, what, 40, 41-year-old in Tom Brady who mm. he's still out there being Tom Brady. And I think that skill position player-wise, they're probably not as good as they've been in, in the past. They don't really have – Edelman hasn't been as good. Gronkowski hasn't been as good. I'm not crazy about their backfield. Uh, their secondary has been pretty good uh, as far as the defense goes. But uh, they're still the Patriots, right? They get into the playoffs. They're the number two seed. And you think all of a sudden, how could you possibly count them out? Because every year, for whatever reason – uh, the Patriots end up advancing because of the Patriots. So uh, I think it would be foolish for uh, anybody to count them out. And have they recovered from you know similar-ish form in previous seasons to go on and win the Super Bowl? Yeah, they've they've had years where obviously they've been the number one seed and, yeah. and by far and away the favorite. But I think that there's been other years too where. Uh, they get into the playoffs and you don't expect them to do much. And then you look around at the rest of the AFC and you realize, oh, right, they don't, the rest of these teams don't have nearly the same playoff experience. They don't have nearly the same cachet. Uh, they certainly don't have Tom Brady, who's going to you know, countless Super Bowls and, and won a bunch and is a Hall of Famer. And they, same with Bill Belichick, who's one of the great coaches of all time. And I think that there's sort of an intimidation factor about having to play the Patriots in the postseason. Mm. So if um, the Saints are um, largely everybody's favorites, then it's some combination of the Rams and Kansas City Chiefs and maybe the Patriots as well lurking behind them, but a little bit, you know, a reasonable amount behind them in, in how people are seeing the pecking order. Yeah, I think that that's probably right. I mean, I, I think uh, the Chiefs have a really good shot. They've been fantastic offensively all year. The defense probably isn't as good. And right. obviously they lost uh, Hunt, uh, their running back, for various reasons, uh, off the field issues. And they have to 
sort of make up for that. But I'm, I have a soft spot for Andy Reid as the former coach of the Eagles. He's been trying to win a Super Bowl for a very, very long time. And uh, he gets into the postseason and various issues have felled him so far. I'd like to see him win one before he retires. I, I think he deserves it. Okay. Listen, John, uh, always good to have you on. John Gonzalez of TheRinger.com. Thanks a million. Thanks. Enjoyed it. Cheers. Uh, so there we are. Playoff uh, fixtures continue. We're down to the last eight this weekend. It's gone half time, by the way, at Wembley, and it's still Spurs 1, Chelsea 0, courtesy of Harry Kane's penalty. Uh, I should tell you as well, all this week we're giving away entries to Quest Adventure races around Ireland with a grand prize on Friday of a weekend in Kenmare for two people. Quest Adventure races involves running, cycling, kayaking courses, uh, various distances in amazing locations, and the good news is there are routes to suit all levels, you can choose from a quest race in Kenmare, in Glendalough, Killarney or Loch Derg, all of which are great days out. To be on the chance of winning, just identify our mystery voice who wants people to get dancing to keep fit this year and isn't too fussed about what dance you do. I wouldn't mind a fella whatever bloody dance he does. Text your name and answer 53106 for 30 cents. We'll announce the winner later on in the show. All with thanks to Quest Adventure Races. Find out more at questadventureseries.com. Off the ball. Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball. News Talk 106 to 108.